Hello and welcome to episode number 72 of Future Chat from Unwind Media. Every week on this show, we take an hour or so to discuss all the week's most interesting science and tech news. And today is no exception. We have a bunch of Google news. We have uh, some news from Tesla and Mars. We're going to follow up on a bunch of stuff that uh, we've talked about in the past. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com to help out the show and get a free audiobook of your choice as well as a free 30-day trial. Please do visit audibletrial.com slash unwind. They have more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from. I'm joined today by Mike, my formidable co-host with his mic now fully in view. How you doing, Mike? And how's your mic? I'm doing good. Yeah? My mic, my mic has been working very well. I'm That's quite great. excited to be to be using it with my nice hi-fi quality. Uh, the one thing I wanted to follow up on is we talked a little bit, and I guess you'd call it an argument. We we discussed alternative fuels, and uh, I just wanted to point out that if you listened to the episode and were enraged, uh, you are not alone. The people who were my co-hosts were also enraged by my use, my seemingly calling uh, diesel an alternative fuel. I'm aware that it's not considered an alternative fuel and uh although we were looking it up and apparently biodiesel is if it's so if it's from a, a biological source as opposed to from the ground uh they do call it an alternative fuel but the main uh obviously what i meant was it's an alternative it is an alternative to gasoline not that it's technically an alternative fuel like a green fuel or that kind of thing and i've lost mike and mike is back I think we're okay now. Yeah, it's solved. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just, just explaining that. Obviously, diesel is not an alternative fuel, but it is an alternative to gasoline, just not an alternative fuel. Yeah, I think the confusion is more. You started talking about that we talk about alternative fuels, and then you said diesel is an alternative fuel, but I said diesel diesel is a kind of an alternative to gasoline. I didn't say alternative right. fuel the second time. That's the confusion. Sure. Part. Yeah. Right. It was, it was more just, we were on the train of thought of alternative fuels and yeah, that that's where the confusion Poorly was, chosen so. segue more than yeah, anything else. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of actual follow-up, I don't really think we have any major stuff, but we do have quite a bit of discussion on things we've talked about in the past. So I think we'll just move straight into what I would consider the news of the week um, actually, I wouldn't consider it the news of the week, but it's the thing we're going to talk about first because it's the biggest terrestrial news we have. Uh, there's a big, m- fairly massive Google event, although I don't think the scale was necessarily the kind of thing you'd expect from something like IO, but, uh, the things they announced were definitely pretty big in scale. Yeah. The, the, the presentation itself was actually fairly underwhelming. It was. Um, I, I was watching it and... They made no effort to make a spectacle of it. No. And even even the guy that was presenting the n- new phones, he spent pretty much 90% of the time staring down at his teleprompter reading versus actually yeah. presenting, which I found very distracting. But maybe, I guess people weren't there for a show. They were there to hear about yeah. technology. Well, the other thing I noticed, and this is just because like it's a stark contrast to Apple events, which I'm used to seeing. Yeah. It, or something like Google I.O. Where, where it's this long thing that's pre- presented and it's actually more like trying to give you information as opposed to just rattling off specs, was that 
there was absolutely no applause for anything. Like it was just yeah. journalists there. They were all just taking notes, taking pictures. There was nothing. Yeah. There was no spectacle whatsoever. No applause, yeah. no cheering, nothing. There's no, no intro music that I no. could remember. There's no, it was essentially a dictated press release with the devices with there. Yeah. I, I would even saying demos is a stretch. There were a couple I didn't, of demos. Okay. I saw watching a little bit in cause I had work to do cause it was the middle of the day, but right. I, it's not the same kind of demos that you'd see at an Apple event for sure. No, the, the kind of thing they demoed, they demoed Google photos a bit, which we'll talk about later. Okay. Um, but, I, and again, the, the kind of thing you'd see with an Apple event is this demo goes perfectly. Everything has been like, it's completely flawless when the person says, and I get a notification, it's like already started popping up. It's like perfectly timed down to the millisecond, whereas the Google guy is like, the notification didn't even come for a while. And then one was like, he had to stall for a couple seconds until it finally showed up. It was just, yeah. it was not quite polished. It was, it was very much like a just spoken press release. Yeah. But, but that aside. Take away. Yeah. Yeah. So they announced a couple of new old phones, updates to phones that have already existed. Which one of these are you most excited about? To be honest, and maybe this is just a matter of Android versus Apple, but I can't say I'm excited for either. Oh. You know, just, I don't know. It's it's just a consequence of how Android works, that you have multiple manufacturers, mm-hmm. multiple release cycles, um, different, you know, devices, all that kind of stuff, that it's hard to get pumped and excited for one specific device. So I, just even in my, since I've been paying attention to technology and kind of being involved in, in uh, paying attention to news and stuff, I can't say that I'm ever anticipating a specific device release. I think the exception is when it comes to smartwatches, just because it's a bit more of kind of a new and groundbreaking uh, arena. Right. Whereas when it comes to phones, I've just come to expect every manufacturer to have an incremental release that improves on the previous years. Um I think Samsung, if anyone has impressed me the most with their releases, just because they've been actually like new and different phones um, as far as their approaches to design and and functionality. But um, with these two specific phones, you know, they're, they're both good phones. They're improvements on what the Nexuses were capable of before, just as a matter of how they've designed them. The 6P is obviously a better phone. Um, I think the 5X is definitely attractive from a, uh, monetary standpoint i'm i'm glad they kept it at you know under 400 dollars us yeah i think i was expecting something closer to the 500 mark so it's good to see that the base model is still at 379 um obviously canadian that's going to be like 450 it's 500 um canadian yeah yeah so um but you know at least they're they're setting that bar a little bit lower for those that are expecting um something more in their price range versus when they released the nexus 6 and that was kind of already in the 450 range right off the bat um but the 6p for sure would be the most attractive to me from a pure uh, spec standpoint but if i was to i think even yeah i think even if i was to buy one i'd probably go for the 6p versus the 5x just because the 5x doesn't really offer anything that's other phones don't already have that i can true that i can see yeah other than the Um, the updates the fact that it's a nexus device oh yeah in the nexus line obviously is different but when you compare it to lgs or or samsung's there there aren't i i'd say they're 
equal to, if not a little bit less than the most recent releases from other manufacturers. Sure. Um, and I, and I think they've done that on purpose to give them that lower price point for those looking for a Nexus device, but not wanting to spend 500, $600 on one. Yeah, definitely. Um, what did you take away from, from the event and what, what kind of things did you, did you like and didn't like? Well, so the phones themselves, I mean, it seems interesting. I, I have nothing whatsoever against Android phones, but like you mentioned, they all kind of blend together. So nothing in these phones really stood out to me. Um, something like if I was going to get an Android phone, I would want it to have it to have something kind of cool about it. So if I could get, if Samsung made a Nexus device again and call it like it was the Samsung Nexus edge, I would buy that. I would probably want that phone the most. Cause I like the concept of the edge. I just think it's kind of cool with the rounded uh, edges yeah. and having stuff displayed on the edge. But I mean, these phones are fine. I'm, I'm now in the market after having the iPhone six for a year, I'm looking for a bigger phone because like realizing it, again and this is something that a lot of people a lot of podcasts i listen to and stuff i've written or read about is that there are a lot of people who would still get a four inch phone a four inch iphone if it existed but had the newest technology in it but i just think hmm. they're backing away from that i think i would probably do the same but like if you have to go big to get the newest thing you may as well just go all out and like replace your tablet and phone as well right so that's what I think my next thing would be is getting like the five, five point five inch phones. Um, yeah. The, the so the phones didn't really excite me, and again, the presentation did not help because I don't yeah. know anything cool about the phones. I just know like the spec sheet basically. Right. Uh, the Chromecast seems very interesting to me. We can talk about that more later. But the most interesting thing to me right now, as an iOS person. And as a person who is kind of in that ecosystem and probably wouldn't consider buying a Chrome branded product or a Nexus branded product is the Google Photos stuff. Because I absolutely love, like I'm all in Google Photos. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I I think I might have mentioned it in a past episode, like a really, really long time ago, is that when, when even when it back when it was Google Plus Photos, I was like, why can't we have a photo album that multiple people can contribute to? And that's something that, they're sync. And I was so excited because people were talking about it possibly coming that the Google photos updates that were rumored were possibly going to be coming yesterday or the, whatever day it was, uh, the 29th that they were actually going to be coming in an update that day. They were like, prepare your phones because the update's coming. And then when they said later this year, I was just so crestfallen. I was so disappointed <laughs> that the updates weren't coming immediately because I'm so right. used to having that from. From Apple is like when they announce a new software product, mm -hmm. not at a developer conference, obviously, that normally it would be coming, but they're they're like, right. hey, we have this, but not yet. You can't you can't yeah. have it for a couple months. <laughs> yeah. On that note, some things that were available right away were the Chromecast devices. Like yeah. I was reading an article that people were able to order and it was next day shipping. Yeah. After yeah. it was announced, which was quite impressive. And from what I've seen, people saying that the Nexus pre-orders were even pretty smooth sailing and they were in stock. They didn't run out of it right away like they did the last time. Right. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's good to see from an inventory standpoint that they're, they're on top of it this time. That could just be because there's not a crazy demand for it as well because the iPhone was just released. So yeah. you can't really follow that up very well. But <laughs> and, and, you know, like I said, this is fairly late 
in the Android release cycle compared yeah. to what the other companies have done. Um, cause you saw a lot of the, uh, announcements done at either IFA or at their own individual keynotes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to, to contrast, I guess. So like, I, and I think that was a big thing is that the Apple event was so recent that now the Google, the Nexus one was, you know, just recently as well. And people were kind of comparing the two and it's like, Oh, this isn't the same, but I guess you could, you shouldn't really expect that because previously Google never made a point to hold keynotes yeah. for their, for their releases like this. So I don't know, maybe this is just growing pains and trying to feel out yeah, the maybe. best way to approach it. Um, even, even when like Sundar Pinchai introduced the, the keynote, he wasn't, he wasn't impressive in a presentation sense. Like he was the most, I think the most charismatic, the most sort of leadery, but yeah. But he he didn't warm up the crowd and get them excited the way that, right. That, that an Apple event would kind of make a point to do. He right? was, he's now CEO of Google, right? Yeah. Yeah. He he didn't, he didn't come across like grandiose enough. And maybe no. that was not something yeah. they were going for, but yeah. Right. Um, I actually heard from the, there was a, they didn't fly in anybody to, I guess the event was probably in California somewhere, probably near Mountain View, but, uh, or it might've been even been on their campus. I w- I'm not actually sure. Um, but they didn't fly anyone in from Canada. They had a separate Google Canada event where I think they just watched the stream and got like had questions <laughs> answered afterwards. They they had like a hands-on right. area type of thing, but there was, sure. it was like a satellite event. Okay. And uh, apparently the 6P didn't even make it for the hands-on oh, part. Wow. Like it hadn't, <laughs> it didn't That's get there brutal. in time. Yeah. Wow. So the people tried the five, but didn't try the, the six, huh. which is kind of crazy. But like yeah. that would never happen to Apple. They would make absolutely no. sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the Chromecast a little I bit? I do. I really do because it's a, beautiful product and people keep reminding me I, th- I think you were probably the the loudest voice saying like by the way the chromecast still exists and it's like 40 dollars yeah. um i should i should probably just buy one yeah and i should probably just buy one of these new ones yeah like they they've literally hit the sweet spot for pricing of this yeah it's is just enough that it makes them a good amount of money but it's low enough that it's a no-brainer to buy Exactly. And I don't know what it is about that price, but it's like, why wouldn't you get one? <laughs> yeah. Like $20 makes it, $20 makes it sound cheap. $50 makes it sound expensive. Yeah. But that $35 price point is like, why, why wouldn't you buy one? Yeah. Um, I'm excited for the improvements they've made on this one. Uh, I have the first gen and it's, it does what it needs to. Yeah. The, it doesn't, it doesn't mirror your device the way an apple tv does there's plugins that you can mirror your uh browser your chrome mm-hmm. browser yeah like a tab and that's sketchy you, you can't really do a ton with it because it's yeah. very leggy um it has the functionality of mirroring your phone which works or mirroring your tablet i guess which works mm-hmm. but i don't know what you're going to do with that when you can just stream like straight through the app like a yeah. youtuber netflix yeah thing um but the Wi-Fi connectivity is definitely an issue with the first-gen Chromecast. Right. Um, so this one is supposed to have better Wi-Fi connectivity. I think they showed a graph at one point showing that it now is better than 
the leading competitor. Yeah. Which like they it showed, didn't name it, the competitors, but yeah. Yeah. Like it showed the second gen and then the first gen and then a competitor. And yeah, I don't know who the competitor is. I don't know if it's the Amazon one. Like or, it could be Roku. It could be, it could be anything. Yeah. It could be whatever. Yeah. Um, so it showed the first gen as being worse, the competitor yeah. being slightly better. And then the second gen being better than the competitor. So they're at least acknowledging that the first gen had its issues, Yeah, which I was glad to see, I guess. Well, they were saying they went as far as to say on the on the graphic and what we can talk about, maybe possibly misleading uh, graphics from the presentation. Right. Uh, but so the, they were saying that you can even on a weak Wi-Fi connection where you wouldn't be able to really stream video on other devices, this you'd still be able to stream HD, which that seems unlikely, but I'm willing to sort of suspend disbelief and actually see how it works in practice hmm. before giving up on it. Okay. One of the things I was talking to people about this yesterday and they asked because uh, my friend Brian, a friend of the, the show and uh, Unwind Media personality uh, about the new Chromecast because he just got one of the original Chromecasts. Okay. And I was struggling to explain what was like, why should he buy the new one? Because I don't think After he necessarily just buying should. the first one? After right, just like, recently buying the yeah, first one, you mean? Exactly. Yeah what's how recent recent enough to return it no i think like a month <laughs> oh, okay but so like because i didn't i couldn't think of anything compelling that i could i was like the wi-fi is better um it, like it's the same functionality right ba- in basic yeah like form. they were they were talking about gaming with this one mm-hmm. similar to the apple tv right and where you can use your phones to control and play games and stuff with multiplayer I don't know if that same functionality is going to come to the original. Mm-hmm. It's It wasn't clear because we have to keep in mind that the Chromecast is more a middleman versus yeah, a driver, right. whereas the Apple TV is kind of its own mini computer. Yeah. So I can see why the Apple TV, the new Apple TV would offer functionality that the old one wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But if they're giving new functionality to this Chromecast... I don't see why the old one wouldn't have it as well. Yeah. I, I could see why they might do that just so that people buy the new one, but I don't yeah. see why it shouldn't be able to. Right. Right. Because even when you're, even when you're launching apps from your phone to the Chromecast, you're basically just telling the Chromecast to play that app with yeah. that specific video. Yeah. Your phone isn't really doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what development happens with the with the gaming functionality. The one thing that I found interesting and I didn't expect to see was the Chromecast audio. Yeah, um, that's I don't know. It's it's intriguing. I can see why you'd want that. <laughs> I have a device that performs a similar functionality that I got when I was a few years ago working at Canada Computers. We put this on the shelf and I immediately bought it because it was heavily discounted. Like it, our cost was very much lower than the retail price. It's like a bl- Bluetooth dongle with a 3.5 millimeter audio jack. And it just lets you plug this, which is the exact same thing as the Chromecast audio. It lets you plug mm-hmm. any set of speakers into it and it'll just play the music. So I'm curious about this device because it, seems really really great in theory and that it can make any set of speakers connected where you don't have to buy like one of those uh fancy wireless beat speakers or like a sonos thing that has its own wireless connectivity but i was looking on the website and the only 
service that can play music to it right now is Google Play. Like, I don't even think you can, if you had music on your phone, I don't even think you could play it to the device. Well, Google Play does play your own local yeah, no, music. Yeah, no, I understand that. But, like, I don't think if your phone was had, uh, like, no data, I don't think, I don't know that you could play it from your phone because the whole thing is it streams music from Google Play. That was the thing they were describing. Like, oh. They were saying it doesn't waste your phone's battery because oh, it streams okay. music. So, I'm like, if you don't have connectivity for that, can right. it can it even play music or does it? Does it rely on the internet connection? So that's another thing that I'm like, it's it's interesting, but it ha- it might have limitations that make it r- a lot less interesting. Right. That's what I yeah, feel like a lot I of these things are. Yeah, I would have thought that you could at least be on the same Wi-Fi network and just push audio to mm-hmm. it, but it sounds and like maybe that's you not can, the but case. I, yeah, it wasn't clear. Right. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of been the limitation with Chromecast as well, that you're relying on the individual apps to give that Chromecast streaming. Yeah. Whereas, like, versus just being able to, once you get the Chromecast, you can stream anything because it doesn't work like that, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I basically, throughout this presentation, I kept finding myself, like, through all aspects, like, through the Nexus updates, through the Chromecast updates, through the even the Google Play Music through the Google Photos, like every aspect of it, I felt like you could proceed most sentences they spoke with Apple announced this, 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 so we're doing, and then the sentence they said. Like everything seemed like it was a it was like a comeback or a jab at the thing that Apple did. Like they announced the free 90 day um Google Play Music subscription when you get a new phone. Like they were just mm-hmm. They were hitting all the points. They had. They now have. Uh, and this is this. I thought was really really funny. The the burst mode that the new um, Nexus phones have takes yeah. thirty frames, thirty frame per second photos. Burst, yeah, burst shots, yeah. Which is just like thirty frame per second. It's just a video that <laughs> it's just a video without sound. Like I get. It's good that you have a fast shutter rate, but like that's thirty frames a second is now just video. The the live photos right. that Apple has, they're at least trying to be like have this clever implementation to give you an interesting experience. And don't get me wrong, I love making gifts by taking multiple photos with with a burst mode. Mm-hmm. But it just seems weird to like go as high as thirty frames a second because that is literally the frame rate that most video is at on phones. Yeah, well, Google's not making a GIF with thirty frame per second frame rate they're taking the 30 frame per second burst and then making a gif out of select photos out of that set of are bursts. they that's that's how i heard it because like they said with, they'll they said they'll use the shots to hmm. make a gif i don't think they'd yeah because otherwise it's just a video no i think that's, i think that's what's happening because really when, when i have like on my google photos app when i take a, a burst like when i do a 10 second timer or whatever like a self timer on my phone Mm-hmm. It takes 10 pictures in the space of a second or something or like half a second, whatever it is. Right. And it just gets turned into a GIF. Those 10 photos get turned into a oh, GIF. Okay. Like it just takes the photos that you took and combines them if they look hmm. the same. So I right. think it's just going to give you a video without sound when you take a bunch <laughs> of pictures. Right. Except it'll be wrapped in a GIF format instead of MP4. Right. Which is weird. Right. Yeah. So I guess you brought up the play music yeah. uh, update. 
And I think the only update that I saw or the announcement that I saw was the, I don't know the exact name for it, but it was essentially a family plan where you could add six accounts, unlimited devices for 15 bucks a month. Yep. Um, again, all US prices, um, <laughs> which, which I think is, is good to have that six accounts and unlimited devices. I think I didn't, I never liked the services, not that I've ever used them, but I didn't like the idea of signing up for a service with being limited on how many devices you could listen on. I get it for some things like Netflix, but like Netflix, for instance, when you have, you can have two simultaneous streams for whatever their $8.99 base price is, and then you can upgrade it to four streams, I think, if you pay a few more dollars a month. Yeah. I get that, but yeah, having a family plan is definitely a good, good plan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that was supposed to, I think that's now equal to the Apple Music rate. From yes. what I read. I think, I think Apple Music is bucks. five people. Oh, okay. Maybe six, maybe but, six. But I yeah, think I, I read somewhere that it was the exact same as Apple Music. Okay. Um, Fair so enough. that's good to see. You know, I, I did the free trial of Play Music and accidentally paid for a month. <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I like the idea of it. I, I'm not a huge music person. Like I listen to it in the car on the radio. Right. Um, so it's, it's just not for me, but for those that, that would make use of that service, it's good to see them offering that for sure. I, um, my Apple music subscription ends in about three hours. <laughs> and I have to say, I am probably keeping it like 98% sure I'm keeping it. Or I guess my my plan is to let it end, to let the f- free trial end. And then the first time I want to be like, I'm like, man, I miss it. Then I'll just go get it because I know that's going to happen. I've listened to it pretty much every day for the 90 days. And I'm a person that didn't really listen to music because it was so much effort to go and get it. And I didn't want to steal it. And it became way too much work when I did want to go and listen to music. And so... It's just like, it's super convenient. It's right on all my things. Like iTunes has a built in and it's pretty robust. It saved yeah. my butt in a lot of sort of atmosphere, like party atmosphere type situations. So, uh, yeah, I'm all in with that. Yeah. So you're going to cancel it and then resubscribe the next month. That's well, so I've plan? already, I immediately, I didn't like, I don't like that they automatic, they turned on auto renew without like behind the scenes for everyone. Right. And so immediately I was like, I'm not sure about this. So I'm going to cancel the auto renew. So it's going to run out. Oh, okay. So it'll just run out anyway. Okay. And then I'm just going to sign up. Uh, Once you start missing it. Yeah. Although I don't know because yeah. I, iTunes match is also a thing that exists along with iTunes in the cloud, which is their $28 Canadian a year plan that would let you upload all your music to their cloud and play it in a very similar way like once it's up there it works very similarly to the way apple music does and is apple music included in that subscription no because okay. like 28 dollars a year versus 120 dollars a year like the the licensing right. wouldn't work out at all but i feel like if i stop with the itunes match if apple music goes away or changes in some way i want to still have it and i feel like it's going to disappear as a product like you'd have to stay grandfathered in if you wanted to keep it hmm. so I'm, i've already paid for it through april so i might just keep keep both until then and see how things shake out right but uh yeah it's a weird thing so i have all my i have like 
whatever 70,000 songs in my iTunes library. And like, those are mine. And like, I have, I have a copy of them on my hard drive and everything. But then I also have yep. Apple music, which is so like, for instance, today I go and look for an album or I, for instance, I tell, I ask Siri to play an album that I know that I have in my library, like on app on, uh, in my actual iTunes library, not Apple music based. So I ask her to play it and she played it, but I don't know where she played it from. I don't know if it was right. my copy or if it was Apple music's copy. And right. it's weird, but like, it doesn't really matter behind the scenes. And that's kind of the nice thing about it, but still it, it's confusing. Right. Yeah. Anything else you had on, uh, on the Google stuff? We still have one more thing from Google that we want to talk about. So I guess we can probably just do that now. Yeah, let's do that. Sure. Um, Are you, you're talking about, I am talking about the most, Oh, what, what would I call this? The most anticipated Google app to make it to iOS ever since probably like the Gmail app or the <laughs> official Google Maps app right? or the official YouTube app for all that matter. There were, there were a ton of big apps, but I think this is the most anticipated one. Google Keep has an iPhone and iPad app now. And I just, I couldn't be more excited. I really love... <laughs> No, honestly, though, I really I love didn't even Google realize Keep. you guys didn't have it. I know. I was shocked when I heard that it's now available. I'm like, how did you guys not have this already? There there were a couple of really cheap, I don't want to call them knockoffs, but like they accessed it via WebView and it was really like it, it just wasn't good. It was right. okay. If you needed to use it, you could, but it wasn't yeah. great. Like kind of like the blogger app is now for iOS. That is in serious need of a revamp. I think um, the blogger app for Android sucks. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things I wish that... Uh, Actually, I haven't used it in a while, so it might have got better, but... It's possible, but I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, so Google Keep... The, the thing that I love about Google Keep is that it'll, it will keep anything. You can... Like, it's got voice dictation built in. It's got a camera built in. Like, you can just take pictures and save them. And the thing that when I... When I kind of forgot about Google Keep because it didn't have this app they added a bunch of stuff like shared reminder lists that are done really well. Like I really, Apple's web services, which is what I use for my reminder list now is not very good, but Google's syncing, Google's cloud services are amazing. Like I can trust a Google service and <laughs> obviously certain uh, drive related issues we've had in the last week or so, notwithstanding, like I can trust Google's sync services. They, they work Sometimes they'll like glitch, there'll be a bug or something, but for for Apple services, you're kind of like, sometimes you just kind of hit, like, hit the button, hope it works. But with Google, you're, if there's something wrong, there's probably like an outage or a bug of some kind that they're working on. Yeah. So I, I it's really It's weird like, that we haven't heard of any actual official drive issues because all of us and Maria as well have encountered this drive syncing issue. Yeah. A and couple of different that. syncing issues. It sounds like. Yeah. Like we had files just not showing up even though they were there. <laughs> yeah. So weird. And there's, there's files that show up on a tablet or a phone, but not on the browser. Yeah. Which is really weird, but 
yeah, for the most part, they're they're pretty dependable. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't help for me at work that my my work network doesn't like it doesn't allow all functionality of some things. So and I can't tell. It's hard for me to tell sometimes if drive is broken like if the website's broken in some way or if it's just the network so like for instance if i go into my google drive and i click new Mm -hmm. to make a new document it just doesn't show google docs google sheets or google drawings or whatever it doesn't show those options it just says connect more apps like those those cells (laughs) are just blocked by by the network oh that's weird so i can never tell if it's an issue like that or if it's just something weird with drive it's Hmm. a little frustrating but yeah, Google Keep, go get it if you don't have it. And uh, if you start using it, as as I did, you will probably never yeah. stop and stop using all other note-taking apps. Yeah. Even if you even if you want something that you can use to have a grocery list and share with someone, that on its own is worth using it for. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, it's really useful just to put stuff there that you'll need to reference later. Or, you know, if you have like, I don't know, I've used it a couple of times when I have like a construction project, mm-hmm. um, like just for the backyard, I'll take some pictures of the areas, I'll do measurements, I'll put the measurements in that note and go to the hardware store and just refer to that, that note. And yeah, like I said, you can have pictures in it, you can have notes attached to the pictures. Um, yeah, you can share the notes, you can send the notes to docs and make a, a text document out of it mm-hmm. or a word document out of it. Sorry. Um, yeah, they have, you know, cross check off like checklist type stuff. It's, it's pretty handy. Like I know there, there's other note taking apps like Evernote mm-hmm. and other ones. There's a couple other ones. There, there, there's like there are others. Th- there's like two or three big yeah. ones, but keep yeah. is just because it's in the Google ecosystem already. And it's just, it works and it's simple and you don't have to integrate it with any other services. It's just there. Yeah. Um, the one other thing that I just want to say before we leave Google completely is that I today uh, we are on we use Blogger as the Unwind Media platform, and they announced that Blogger got a pretty substantial update today, switching to the option to use HTTPS secure um, protocol, and I was so excited when I saw this, like literally so excited, and then looked at it, like clicked through, looked at it, and I find out that they don't support custom domains. So like this is only of right now. Obviously I think they will at some point, but yeah. right now it's only of use to like the most amateur of the blogger blogger bloggers. <laughs> Which is right. it, it's just like, come on. The if anything you should be the other way around. Support custom domains yeah. first and be like, if you have yeah. blogs up bot blog, you can also do this. Yeah. Yeah. But so is, is that just so your browser doesn't flag it as a sketchy site when you go to it? It's just so it people like HTTPS probably is the way of the future. Anytime you're transmitting any kind of information, you just it just makes people feel better to have it be secure. Yeah, and it's becoming the web standard, and Google is pioneering that. Google's services are almost all HTTPS, and I think they just. It just makes people feel better to have it be an option. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. All right. I, I think that's it for Google. Um, we should probably talk about the biggest news in the solar system. 
now. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how much you have to say about this. I thought we should just mention it and then talk a bit about what we think the implications might be. And maybe some of the interesting, I've heard a couple of interesting anecdotes since we heard that there was water on Mars. Um, or even is water on Mars. It's not a, what? it's not a past tense. Right. So we it's found just, out that we found out that there was water on Mars. Like we found out that that was a thing. Not not in well, past we, tense we, in like the whatever verb tense that is that is still happening. Cuz there is a verb tense that you can use in that is okay. happening now that it was. That's the one I was okay. using. Okay, gotcha. I'm not a verb expert. <laughs> I I just want to clarify that it's not there used to be there is right now. It's alternative water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, so this is apparently extremely salty water and it is uh, like it's got perchlorate salts in it which are pretty dangerous for humans um i don't know what what did you think was kind of the most interesting or or far out thing from this news because i have i have a couple things but i thought it was interesting how our expectations of what to see on mars as we explore a bit more is i think as and the biggest thing has been you know life on mars and as a corollary water on mars or or requisite i guess not a corollary but a requisite being having water on mars that it was like okay there used to be water on mars and then it was like okay well maybe mars has like ice Mm -hmm. and then it's like okay well maybe there's water very deep and I was like, okay, there's like literally water on the surface of Mars. Yeah. Well, and most seasons, like it comes and goes. Yeah, and- it comes and goes. Yeah, obviously. But it's like where we're at the point now where it's just a matter of statistics and probability to find like coming across life. Yeah. Not like, you know, seeing a rat on Mars, but yeah. at least evidence of a living organism somewhere. Right. It almost seems like with astronomy, any time there could be something, it ends up that it there is, and it's just a matter of we didn't we hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, like it was the case with planets. We were like, we're the only solar system with planets. There's no other planets. We haven't seen any, and then we saw we found like one or two, and then now we've, ha- we've got like thousands, tens of thousands of <laughs> planets we found like on other around other stars. Yeah, and so I think. I was I think it was Bill Nye saying this like if if we have if there's water on our planet and there's water on that planet we have never found water on earth that didn't have some kind of life in it everywhere that we have seen water so far in the universe we have eventually found life there and so it just seems like it almost seems like of course there's life there it's just a matter of us going and actually seeing it. Yeah. But that also led me to an article that I read today talking about how the, apparently there's an international treaty or agreement that if we discover life on another planet, or if we, sorry, if we discover water on another planet, you are not allowed to go to that site. You're not allowed to go anywhere that there is water because scientists are very very worried like like we mentioned or like i mentioned earth is teeming with life and we don't really know how to get rid of life like we can sterilize things to the best of our ability but we can't guarantee there won't be life somewhere 
we have seen life survive in space outside the space station like microbes will still survive and they don't want to contaminate any water with earth life lest it destroy martian possible martian life like that's an actual international treaty that has been agreed on no country is allowed to go to a site that there's known to be water at so now Hmm. any missions to mars have to avoid any areas that could have that water interesting yeah so you almost have to hope that you stumble across life like that that, that's what you'd have to because you can't you can't go seek it out in the place where you'd most expect it to yeah right but and even then you'd it's almost like and i don't think this has really been decided because obviously we haven't been there yet but i don't know what the protocol would be if they discovered life what would you do would you leave immediately would you study it would you like there's no protocol whatsoever because we've never done anything like that right it's kind of like the the seti mission or project i guess however you want to call it that you know we're we're looking for extraterrestrial life and communications but do we have a plan if and when we actually make contact yeah or get a message like we yeah, don't. like I, I think it's we we don't. Or at least it's not a known one. And it's yeah. like, what if the message is like, "Oh, we see your planet. We're coming to destroy you," like, and yeah. that was you know however many light years, or however however many light years away that that message came from. And it's like, oh, so they're on their way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it it's a really interesting problem because we just fundamentally don't and can't know what could happen yeah and there's no way to like the only time we're ever going to get to test these kinds of things is when they're happening you can't prepare for it really because it could be anything life could take any form i don't know if you've heard the metaphor of the the ant on the side of the road has no concept of human beings because we're just so far outside the scope of their universe like they're just such an abstract threat yeah that there's no reason to even think about humans. They have no concept of what they are. And and we could, there could be a species out in, in the universe somewhere that is like that to us, that we just, they're there. They're just on such a big scale that we don't even know how to look for them. Right. And they're traipsing around. They don't, they like look down and go, Oh, look, there's humans running around. Ha ha ha. Yeah. And they're studying us at a microscopic scale. Like, it, it's just so bizarre to think about the possibilities right. that there's no way to prepare for every possible eventuality. That it's just like, well, why even start? Right. Well, even Dr. Seuss uh, pondered that with his, his Horton Hears a Who book. Yeah. And how, you know, the whole the whole city or world or whatever it was that was on the dandelion or something. Right. I, I don't haven't read the book in a while or seen the movie or whatever but yeah it's it's the same same idea that there's this entire universe almost that's at a scale that you can't even see right whereas we could be that universe yeah well in the whole uh the grinch the animated movie or not animated the live action movie with jim carrey all took place on a snowflake the the original movie might have done the same thing yeah just the whole concept of everything like scale is something we can't even really begin to comprehend and we don't know the laws of the whole universe. We just know the laws we can actually see 
And the, yeah. the fact that they don't make sense is even a little disconcerting because it's like there's something that we don't know yet, but we don't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so th- there is water on Mars. It's very, very salty. It comes and goes. There could be water. Like they don't know where it's coming from. There could be water or ice deposits underground. We know there's carbon dioxide there that in the the ice caps, but we don't really know much about it yet. I don't even know. I was reading something and did you know that it's actually 100% confirmed that it's what we think it is? Because I was hearing people, some people saying that it might not even be like, it's not, it hasn't been rigorously tested. This is just like the, the theory is most likely showing that there's water. Like the, yeah. the paper doesn't even conclusively say there is. Yeah. The, the paper or abstract that I read mentioned that they did atmospheric tests over mm-hmm. certain areas and they detected higher concentrations of perchlorates and that coincided with the visual indicators of those streaks that right. they saw. So they kind of put two and two together and said, okay, that must be what that is. But yeah, that's, I think it's a strong inference or hypothesis that is water but yeah we haven't directly detected water right but i think it's as direct as we've gotten so far maybe as direct as we'll ever get hopefully not but yeah i think they're confident enough in it to actually do a press release and, and announce for it. sure yeah and i mean they're, obviously they put it's, out not, the paper. it's not as rigorous standards as you know with the uh uh, LHC and having you know the five sigma, five sigma. six sigma certainty, yeah. But at least they're they're confident enough in it to to announce it and and explore it further. Yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously, there will be more about water on Mars. This is like the first result, but uh, but I'm extremely excited to find water on another planet and. If we found, I just want to say, maybe I'll round this out. If we found life on Mars, I think that would be extremely compelling evidence that life is just everywhere in the universe. Because if well, it, if it's on, it, no, but if it's on, uh, not not literally everywhere, but like like the planets thing. Um, if there's if there's life on Mars, the planet that's literally like the closest to us, there's probably life most places in the universe like on a lot of planets places where we couldn't consider no i i really think that if if life can survive outside of our perfect zone and we know that it can survive in space in the like near vacuum of space not necessarily interstellar Mm -hmm. space but in planetary space Mm -hmm. it can probably survive most places in galaxies yeah i don't know if i'd go around attaching words like most but maybe more than we think people thought that there weren't any other planets no i know but to start saying okay we found it there's life on earth there's life on mars therefore there's life in most places that's bordering on the gambler's paradox that's a stretch yeah yeah but i think definitely more places than we'd expect or think for sure if we can find water in any kind of even semi-liquid form on a planet that seems so desolate, 
mm-hmm. then it's a good chance that there's probably water on a lot more, a lot broader range of plants than we had thought. Yeah. Which means that there's a potential for life that's similar to ours. Yeah. The the unfortunate thing is that with our current technology, not to say anything about extraterrestrial technology, but even if they're assuming there is life somewhere else in the universe, like life capable of communicating and interacting and that kind of thing, we'll never encounter it like in the next, you know, the scope of our lifetime for sure. If not the next, you know, thousand, two thousand, even million years. Right. Because just because of how big the universe is. Yeah. And that's, I think we, where did we talk about that? About getting, Oh, I think it was on Twitter, maybe on Slack that I wish I could just get frozen and wake up (laughs) like a million years later and see where we are. Yeah. Like that would be cool. If, if you had a way to ensure your own safety, in the right. intervening time. Right. I don't know if like Futurama would style. Be safe. Yeah. <laughs> I actually yeah. watched the pilot of Futurama the other day. Nice. I I, ha- I, I haven't seen much of Futurama. But I should So you watch haven't it. seen much of it? I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah. No, that's why I saw it on Netflix. I was like, oh, Futurama's on here. So nice. I watched the pilot. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's how he gets there. You have to watch it. Uh, all right. Let's talk Eclipse. What uh, what was your experience with it? Uh, my initial experience was as f- soon as I started hearing the word supermoon being thrown around, I head desked and <laughs> uh, like, why are we doing this again? Because we literally just did this last year. Um, yeah. But I, I ended up missing it because A, it was late and I didn't feel like looking out the window and it was cloudy in Calgary and from people's reactions on Facebook and stuff. Uh, everyone else didn't have a very good experience watching it either. Um, at least here in Calgary. I think you guys, <laughs> I know you, like you guys were able to watch it for a greater amount, but I think you eventually got yeah. hit with cloud cover too. Um, a lot of cloud cover. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is most people's experience when it comes to trying to hit eclipses is that you usually get foiled by mm-hmm. clouds at one point or another. Um, I, I did like seeing, the pictures that were coming out of it. I didn't like seeing yeah. the bad pictures because it's like, why are you even doing that picture? <laughs> um, other than to say yeah. I'm out here watching it, which I guess is fine. Um, there were a couple of really cool, more artistic photos. Like people went yeah. to great efforts to to make a really nice looking photo. There's one viral one that was a, I guess you could call it a time-lapse over Dallas uh, that showed the different stages of the eclipse, like the pre and then as the shadow crossed over, then the red and then crossing back to the other side. When I saw that, I was like, wow, that's a really cool photo. I'm I'm impressed. And then I started thinking about it because that's just what I do. And maybe it's a, a downfall, yeah. but because I can't just <laughs> not worry about it. But I was like, is is that real? Is that actually how it would look? Is that is that how it happens? Because it, it seemed to me like, I guess we can put a link to the picture maybe. Um, in, yeah, the, sure. in the notes so people can kind of hear what we're talking about but it's it starts fairly low on the horizon and rises up quite dramatically through the stages of the eclipse and it looked too dramatic like I didn't think that the moon would move that much over the time span of the eclipse because from my understanding the eclipse itself and maybe you can speak to this 
only lasted maybe like an hour, if that. Yeah, hour and hour and a half. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe if there's any astronomy experts on here that can attest to the the stages of the moonrise and that kind of thing. Because mm. my understanding was that the eclipse didn't happen at moonrise. It happened at some point later in the night and was very, yeah, it was like an hour, hour and a half. So, and I looked at the guy's picture on Instagram and a couple of people were like, Oh, is this, was this real time? Is this like post-processing how you arrange the moon stages, whatever. And the guy never mm-hmm. responded. Um, right. and then I looked up on Google for other images, you know, time-lapse, uh, moonrise, time-lapse eclipse. And the time-lapse moonrises were all more of like a linear trajectory, like straight up like this versus like an arc. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, yeah, it wasn't a very dramatic kind of arc that I saw in that picture. So, and, and the, the shadow progression, like the Earth's shadow progression seemed reversed in the picture or like, I just couldn't visualize it very well. So that's just more me wanting to kind of understand it a bit more versus appreciating the picture. Like it is a really nice picture and I'll give full credit for that, but I wanted to understand yeah. a bit more of kind of the real physical world, uh, progression of it versus just looking at the picture and taking it for what it is. Cause I've had enough experiences of being fooled by internet pictures in the past. So <laughs> I don't want to just yeah. take things at face value all the time. Sure. Um, as so that that was my experience with it. It was more of a sideline look at Twitter, look at Facebook and see people enjoying the eclipse, which, you know, if for me, anyone, anything that gets people interested in science and paying attention to it is good. Even if it is, yeah. Semi gimmicky, like calling something a super blood moon, but I guess <laughs> it got people talking and got people looking outside. So that's good. Yeah. I, the whole super moon thing is fine. Like that's its technical name. It's just only it's not like a 1% name. or something. It's half not a, a technical bigger. name. No, but it, it's the perigee or the apogee, I think. Okay. okay no, it's it. not, it's not the <laughs> technical name, but it's like, it's what you call it. It's not, it doesn't have to mean that it's huge. It's just close. When people go and say, wow, look at that, how huge that moon is. You can't tell that it's big. Just No, you, you can't. can't. If it's side by side, then it's just, sure. It, it's the fact that it's full right. that makes it look big. Right. Yeah. But it is. And then I was hearing that the next one won't come until like 2030 yeah. something. And I was like, that. there's no way that's real. That's the next one when it's close and eclipse right. not the next eclipse oh yeah they no happen eclipses happen fairly regularly i think yeah 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 but so yeah i mean my experience was we went out and i had just gotten my telescope from my parents they brought it from calgary so i was able to pull it out and get it working properly there was a it wouldn't focus for a while but i managed to get that working just about half an hour an hour before it started it was it was really fun like i got to take Probably the closest to the picture you're describe you were describing, like how p- everyone's taking pictures of the yeah. moon, even though it's terrible. No, oh, yours is a really good I probably picture. Got the worst. It was like the the worst it could be. That's still worth doing because it's not just like a tiny thing on a black sky. It was like actually most of the viewfinder because I put the camera up to the telescope. I'd say yours is more than the worst it could be. I'd say I'd say it was the bare minimum yeah i'd say it was the bare minimum for posting yeah, it as a, like a quality picture but i wouldn't call it the exactly, worst yeah. no the worst that you should still post sure 
we'll go with that. Okay. Because <laughs> if, if it was any smaller or any blurrier, right. I would have just been like, there are so yeah. many better pictures than this. But I was like, I was pretty yeah. happy with it. I was it. impressed at how sharp it, it came out. out. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I was telling Julia, we have to do more than just this eclipse. We have to like yeah. go and see Jupiter and Mars and yeah. actually go looking for stuff. Yeah. Well, go try to find water on Mars. <laughs> we actually have an observatory here in Pritis. It's like 20 minutes from where we live. And I like we've been saying for a long time, oh, we should go out to one of their open houses where they're doing like kind of star tour type things. And like you can actually use like their really big telescope not use it use it but they'll, i think they'll demonstrate yeah. and stuff and yeah mm -hmm. i think we'll have to get around to doing that one of these days yeah so. for sure um the, the thing that i really liked i think the most about this eclipse is that we're at the point in social media now where you like facebook and twitter both got into the game and like facebook had the the little status thing on, at least on my phone, I didn't actually check on a desktop, but uh, the little thing that it's like, rather than just saying what's on your oh, mind. Oh yeah, mine had that like, too. There's yeah. lunar eclipse. Click on it and you can post about what you're yeah. doing with the lunar eclipse. Now. And that, I, I like that. Yeah. I think mine. And Twitter. Yesterday had, oh, it's national coffee day. And then it, it yeah, said like, oh, what are you doing or whatever? Yeah. That made me hate. I was like, oh, super moon. Yay. Lunar eclipse. <laughs> And then it was immediately National Coffee Day. And I was like, this is the worst idea. Why do they do this? <laughs> so it's just because I like it. It's just because I like astronomy. But uh, even Twitter got in on it and had uh, Super Moon. Um, the emoji. A little yeah. emoji after hashtag Super Moon. Yeah. Or hashtag Blood Moon. Super Blood Moon. It was red. Yeah. I think I just hashtag supermoon and it still did it. Oh, okay. But it's one of those temporary emojis. Oh, is that how it came like, up? Or, oh, okay. I thought people yeah. were entering it in. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, I think it was funny. Like, I follow a couple, I guess you'd call them comedians on Twitter. And their thing, because, like, these guys, they'll they'll usually play on what people are talking about at the time and just make jokes about it. Yeah. So they'll do, mm -hmm. there were people that took pictures of, like, lampposts and, like, oh, supermoon. And, obviously like a joke because it's a picture of a light a lamppost but or yeah like just kind of stuff like that and i don't know i i i have fun reading those kind of things combined with the actual serious ones and yeah I, it's like i said as long as people are enjoying it and getting people to talk about science and and that kind of thing that's good yeah, yeah. all right as do i i like i like the science talk like i really appreciated how much how many people like I, I wrote about the last time I was uh, on Facebook. I wrote about the last time I was at like what I was doing during the eclipse. I was driving around oh, yeah, Alberta right. with my dad yeah. trying to find a break in clouds. And we eventually did find a break in clouds. And the number of people that were like that, the number of people that liked it and were like, that's cool. Like good, uh, good story. Good yeah. pictures. I was really encouraged because I tend to, I guess I underestimate how many people actually even tangentially care about yeah. science. I know a lot of people don't have like a hardcore interest, but people were actually appreciated. I guess the combination of science that's also sort of pop culture along with the nostalgia angle yeah. is kind of like the perfect overlap. Right. <laughs> but I liked it. Yeah. Regardless. All right. Uh, we should, 
I don't know how much you want to say about this. You were posting pictures of the Tesla, so I have to assume you're kind of excited about just Tesla in general as well, as much as I am. Yeah. Um, they to I think it was even today. I think it, it was, was actually today, today that yeah. I was reading about all this. Uh, the Model X that they've now released, I guess, for purchase. If you're yeah. incredibly rich, you can reserve one today. Yeah. Um, so it's an SUV version of the Tesla S, the Model S. And I was, again, like with the water on Mars thing, I was reading so many different things about this and learning various things that I had never heard before. So apparently the Model X was originally supposed to be uh, an SUV version of the Model S, but otherwise pretty much identical. And because Elon Musk is such a perfectionist, he just spent like two or three extra years making making it absolutely perfect. And it was supposed to be kind of a stopgap, like not take too much extra work. They would release it shortly after the Model S and then get immediately working on the Model 3, which is going to be the supposed electric car for the people, like the one that's thirty or $40,000. Yeah, like the entry level. Yeah. 130000 right. But this ended up taking a couple extra years and they made it incredible. They made it like the Model S of SUVs. It and it, like they're talking about the safety is very similar to the Model S, which is really, really well solidly built. It's got uh, the same like there's no obviously no engine in the front, and so there's just an extra extra trunk space, uh, and kind of like it's also doubles as a crumple zone in in collisions. The batteries are all under this floor, so you have a really really low center Ooh. of gravity, just like the Model S, and so rollovers, which that Simpsons episode made famous for SUVs uh, are going to be like, it's so much safer in terms of possibly rolling over even the highway speeds just because it's so low to the ground, all the weight. But it's like the, the Tesla vehicles are so expertly engineered that it, no matter what you do, I think you're just going to get a really great car. You were you didn't actually see anything about this today, but I showed you the like minute and a half teaser video that Wired put together. What what are your first impressions of the the car? I well, I was I was paying attention to when the Model S was getting reviewed, and we talked about that before mm-hmm. how it broke the scale and they had to recalibrate. So this one, yeah. like you said, it this looks like it's a similar type vehicle that's going to kind of set a new standard. I when I first saw because I saw the picture on my. Twitter's feed this morning of the you know the first guy that bought it. I think they did a little thing of oh this is the first owner of the Model X. Mm-hmm. I saw it and I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that one because they announced it a while ago and they only yep. just started giving it out." And I saw someone call it an SUV and I was like, "That's not an SUV." <laughs> but apparently it is an SUV and like you said it has seven seats. But I wouldn't consider it, if someone's in the market for an SUV, I wouldn't say that's their car because there's absolutely no storage space at all to speak well, of. Well, no, there's storage space. In, in a tr- trunk in the front and the back. That's not a, yeah, a trunk. Not like, an SUV is when you can fold no, but, down the seats and actually like store like a couch in the back. Like, I'm sure you could fold down those seats. Although now that I say that, maybe, maybe no, you can't. It's it's not... It doesn't look like that kind of vehicle. Maybe the back ones. That that and that's why I think it's more like that's a robust, fair. stretchy car that has <laughs> extra space. For it's taller. Like yeah, it's got well, the size. Sure, it's a bit taller. Like, mm-hmm. but and anyway, it it looks like an impressive car from a performance standpoint, and 
disclaimer, I'm not a car guy in the least, but from, from what yeah. I've read in people's reactions, it looks like a pretty impressive vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I'm more interested to see what response you're going to see from other manufacturers. And I know, was it, I want to say European manufacturer that they committed to going over to either hybrid or electric in the next. I want to say that was Audi. That sounds, that sounds right. The one with the one we talked yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, that was probably yeah. Audi. Um, yeah. In the next 10 to 15 years to be, to be fully uh, either hybrid or fully electric. Um, so that's, right. that's kind of where people are going now. And uh, yeah, I think at this point it's, it is a luxury item. It's a status thing to have a Tesla. Like, and yeah, you mentioned, I sent you guys pictures. Like they have a little, they have a vehicle set up in one of the atriums of the mall, Chinook mall here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause they're going to put a dealership right around there. I think if not right. Oh, in the nice. Mall. Um, so Nick and I are going to go cool. test drive a Tesla once they're made available. <laughs> and maybe we'll, yeah. maybe we'll live stream it or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do it. Yeah. So, so I know that's, that's kind of where I'm at is, is I'm, I'm glad to see this kind of thing happening. Yeah. Elon Musk is pushing the envelope and like you said, he's a perfectionist and he, if he does something, he does it very well. So I wouldn't expect yeah. any less. So there's some really, really cool things about this car that have, as far as I know, haven't been done outside of like concept cars. Like they're not in, if if they're in cars, they're in like the very highest of luxury cars. And these right now, they're only selling the top of the line models, but they're eventually going to become a little bit cheaper, like in less than a hundred thousand easily. But so they have the what they call the Falcon Wing doors we were talking about earlier. And if you haven't gone and seen a, a video of this in action, you should because it literally like the doors are on the side and they literally like come up like this yeah. and then end up over top of the car. Uh, I realize that people who are listening can't see my arms, <laughs> but go and watch the video because the the way they kind of go straight up and end up on top of the car means that even if they, and they demoed this on stage, they had two cars parked right on either side of it. You can still get the doors open, even if there are cars like literally right beside you. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Cause they just go, they literally just go straight up. Mm. And, uh, the middle seats, the middle three seats are apparently, so I'll back up a bit. Tesla has the luxury because they're kind of rebuilding in a car from scratch without an engine. They can kind of rethink every aspect of how a car is put together. And so for their middle seats, it's literally just one seat post in the center with three seats on it. And they're, these are very thin, lightweight seats that are still, that are still apparently very comfortable and cushioned, but they're all anchored to this one center post, but they all recline independently like they're all individual seats, but they're in a cluster. Like they're all pilot chairs or however you want to call them or captain yeah. chairs. All, all seven of the chairs yeah. look like, uh, they're yeah. like bucket seats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's they, uh, the windshield is what they call panoramic. I don't know. I don't know if I would really describe it as panoramic, but it's kind of like a windshield that goes up into a tinted sunroof. Oh, like it cool. goes up behind the right. pass, uh, drivers and passengers head. Uh, like it, they, They've just taken kind of all the things you you would think in are like standard and normal car, and they've just rethought it and tried to make it better or sort of 
rethought in an interesting way. And I just really like all the things they're doing with it. I can't wait until the Model 3 comes out and I can go and buy it. Yeah. Because uh, I don't have the money for for the X or the S right now. But at some point, they will be cheap enough that with a government subsidy for getting electric cars, <laughs> I will be able to afford it. Right. And with your own solar panels at home to charge your, your charging station. Exactly. Yeah. They, they were saying, I don't know if this is uh, a full charge, but they were saying it charges in 30 minutes. Hmm. I guess that's with the supercharger, right. but like... And again, so I, I don't know the details of that, but I was hearing 30-minute charge, and I don't know if that's like a certain percentage, like it's half the, the batteries or something, right. but I heard the number, I think it was 250 miles after a 30-minute charge. I don't know how long it is exactly to charge the the full Tesla because okay. I've never been in one or had one, but the like battery technology is going to continue to improve. They've got that thing the supercharger station that you can install in your home that they're working on like having a robotic arm that just goes and finds your gas your uh call it a gas tank your like battery inlet and just kind of goes and autonomously plugs itself in yeah they're doing a lot of really cool things (laughs) okay uh tesla came out today so we can only say so much about it there'll probably be more details that have come out Uh, it does still have the ludicrous moda i noticed so it does something like the uh Yeah, they said the ludicrous the mode would be available. Speed. I don't know if Yeah. If this by the base model does. No, not the base, but the one that they're selling yeah. now, I believe, does. Uh it it still does like it's like three point three seconds zero to sixty for an SUV. Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's apparently in insanely aerodynamic. It's like it's more like a sports SUV. Like you were mentioning, it's it's probably not the same height as a traditional SUV. Like they tend it's, to be larger. This is still a very streamlined thing. It, oh, you know what it reminds me of is the is it the Chrysler Magnum. I think that's. A I don't know that I've ever heard of that car. <laughs> Are you looking it up? I am. Yeah, it's the Chrysler Magnum. Okay, look up Chrysler Magnum, and then that's okay. Um. That's yeah. It kind of looks like the Charger, the Dodge Charger, I guess. Yeah, maybe that's just similar. And it also kind of looks like the three hundred, but it's yeah, kind of like a long, stretchy yeah. car. Yeah, with with a bit yeah okay. extra headroom, and I guess this in this case sure. an extra row of seats, which kind of makes it the SUV. Yeah, but right. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to talk last week about the Pebble. Yes. So why don't you talk about it now <laughs> as consolation? <laughs> well, we it didn't seem that long ago that they came out with the Pebble Time. It couldn't have no, been more didn't. than one or two months ago. And yep. I didn't expect this at all. Maybe I missed the memo on it, but they released a round smartwatch, a round Pebble. And mm-hmm. by all accounts, it looks like a pretty good watch. And the tech blogs seem to be on board with it as well. Um, you know, obviously it has its own, like just the Pebble interface has its own limitations that, you know, Android Wear would offer versus having the Pebble um, or the Apple Watch right. for that matter. Um, but yeah. but for, for if, if what you're looking for is Pebble functionality and a nice looking watch, then this is definitely what you'd want to go for because 
I found that the pebble time was very gaudy looking. Uh, it definitely sure. wasn't wasn't my cup of tea. The functionality looked really nice, but the but the watch itself wasn't I wasn't a fan of. But this one definitely looks very nice, and it's very thin. It's light. Um, like the the pictures of it, it it looks like a normal watch, and it's got minimal bezel. And the one thing that I found interesting was the Pebble had always been touted as you know the alternative to Android Wear watches with its uh, extended battery life where, you know, you'd get away with seven days without a charge. This one mm-hmm. is now two days without a charge. So interesting. Obviously they've, they were able to sacrifice the battery life for a slimmer, uh, slicker watch, um, which I I'm fine with because people are used to charging their devices every day, at least overnight. So for me, I, I honestly don't expect a device to last longer than 24 hours because I'm probably going to charge it anyway. E- even yeah. if it's a watch, like I take my watch off at night. So if I have to plug it in, then like no big deal, I guess. Right. Um, but yeah, this one, this one actually looks like a pretty nice watch. And if I was, if I was in the market for a Pebble or a smartwatch for that matter right now, uh, I'd probably be looking at this. Um, but I think if if you're looking for a watch, like a smart watch, you're probably better off going like the Android Wear or, or Apple Watch route, where you have you know the touchscreen interface and the swiping and all that kind of stuff. Um, from what I could see on this watch, uh, it doesn't have touchscreen. Right. I could be wrong about that, but I know. Yeah, it doesn't look. I don't. Like I don't it. think it. It would be weird if it did. Yeah, have one. I don't think it. That I think it'd be bigger news if it did. But I'm. I'm. If if I'm remembering correctly, it doesn't have the the touch screen just like the other pebbles didn't. So, if that's kind of what you're looking for, is is a very interactive, uh, user interface, then you're probably not going to want the pebble. Um, but if you're just wanting kind of something that can push notifications and tell you the time and do some uh, minor fitness tracking, then then this one should be good enough for you. Right, um, but it's 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 nice to see that they've jumped on board with the the round smartwatch, for sure, because that's kind of where everyone else is going and what people are looking for when it comes to the aesthetics of a smartwatch. Sure, yeah, I think this will appeal to people who are kind of upset that Apple watches aren't uh, customizable, like they don't have customizable faces. Whereas Pebble, you can get any face you want; you just have to download. One of the, I guess you you could run into the problem where you don't have any uh, any faces that appeal to you from any developers, mm-hmm. but at least you have more options than just the six or seven that Apple gives you. Yeah, Android, I mean, faces the same kind of thing where anyone can do it. Yeah, but if you want, this is like the this is, strikes me as the least possible smartwatch while still being having some intelligence in it. Yeah, like I know a lot of fitness trackers try to sell themselves as smartwatches like fitbit kind of does it mm-hmm. um what else just garmin i think does it kind of they have like oh it's a fitness wearable smartwatch thing but yeah those ones wouldn't be i wouldn't consider smartwatches but yeah i think this is kind of that line of being a smartwatch where yeah. it does everything except for the touchscreen kind of aspect 
the whole um I don't know if you've seen this. There's a story that circulated. Uh, I think it's actually. Oh no, it wasn't. I'm thinking it's CGP Grey, but it's not. Maybe it is CGP Grey. Now I can't remember. I'm getting myself confused. But uh, people who are using the Apple Watch, they weren't charging it overnight. They were wearing it and then charging it while they get ready for the day, hmm. so they could wear it to sleep, right. not have to worry. Like, and it was still making it through. Hmm. I feel like this is the kind of thing you can do because, like, anything you have to charge. You have to work that into the schedule. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's two days or seven days. You have to charge it. Yeah. So it may as well be less. And like oh, exactly. you a bunch yeah. of weight off of it. Yeah. No, that that's the whole thing. grams. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. if, if I had something that lasted seven days battery life, once I saw that it was at 50%, I'd probably charge it anyway. Like, I yeah. even for my phone, I don't like it going below 60%. It's just because right. I know that if I, for an extended period of time, that's not going to last. Like I have, I have a battery pack now and that's saved me on so many occasions that I can't imagine not having a battery pack anymore. Um, but yeah. the, uh, yeah, battery life. Like I, if I'm sitting at my desk at work, I have a charger at work. So I'll just plug my phone in while yeah. I'm at my desk and that, that works. And if it's, yeah, same thing. If I have a smartwatch that needs charging, I'd probably just do the same thing. Yeah. Did we talk about how I turned off the battery percent indicator on my phone? No. I don't have it anymore. And I I like it better not not having a number there staring back at oh, me. Oh, I don't have I don't have the percentage either. Mine's just the mm. just the level that goes I, down. I really like it that way. Yeah. It's uh you worry less. Yeah. The number would scare me. Sometimes like the no- the number only shows up on Android when you swipe down the notification shade. So sometimes okay. Sometimes I'll swipe it down and then the number pops up. I'm like, "Ah." And then I have to like find a charger <laughs> quickly, but otherwise I yeah. wouldn't notice it until it was probably like closer to 20% and it's visually like, "Oh, my yeah. battery's getting low." Probably the biggest thing, the biggest everyday help for me from iOS 9 is the new low power mode that they have. It has saved me so many times where like if I know that I'm going to have a long day or I know that I'm going to be sort of in and out of service, I just immediately turn it on at the start of the day. Right. And I know that it'll give me three or four extra hours because it's not, it It basically, it doesn't take away any functionality of the phone. It just means you have to like, if you want to see Facebook, you have to open it and then wait for it to load yep. as opposed to it pulling stuff in in the background. Like I, that's a sacrifice that if I, if I think I'm going to need the battery, I'm willing to sacrifice that. Yeah. Yeah, like when Android released that functionality with their lollipop update, uh, it was it was a nice thing to have. And th- I did the same thing before my battery pack. If I if I knew that I'd be out for a bit, I just and I wasn't actively using my phone at the time. I just turned the low power mode, and like you said, it, it has all the functionality still. It just there there aren't fluid animations that use up the video processing power. Um, and yeah, right. it, probably, it doesn't run stuff in the background and, and keep things live. It will just have to load it on on demand um but yeah Yeah. like samsung had that for for a while and i was surprised that android didn't have a similar functionality until until lollipop yeah the the nice thing about the apple implementation of this is that it doesn't reduce the when you're actually using it it doesn't reduce the performance at all oh like it it really does visually you can't tell a difference no not at all it it will the screen will time out sooner and the brightness might be a little bit lower like it might not do auto brightness as as aggressively okay but you don't notice any performance Hmm. visually at all oh that's pretty good 
All right, uh, we got one more here. You you apparently really wanted to talk about Pokemon, <laughs> and I'm interested to hear what's going on with Pokemon these days. I, I, I don't know if you if it's fair to say I really want to talk about it. I I saw this. I, you, <laughs> I think you did. I, I saw it and I was like, wow, I haven't heard about Pokemon in a long time, and now all of a Maybe sudden, our we're fans s- want to hear about Pokemon. What's that? Maybe our fans want to hear about Pokemon. Uh, I'd imagine they do. That's why I want to talk about it. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> Nintendo, <laughs> one of the individuals from Nintendo, I don't think it's Nintendo directly releasing this. It says, I guess, not a spinoff, but it's another company where there's various Nintendo people involved in it. Um, but they've released a Android and iOS game similar to Ingress. And I don't think we've actually ever talked about Ingress before. Um, we haven't. No. And I don't know what it is. But it seems like Minecraft. No, it's uh. Yeah, it it seems like it from someone who knows nothing about either. I I don't know anything about similar. Minecraft. I know they're not. I've never heard that comparison <laughs> before, though, so I don't think it's anything like Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's a geo geolocation based multiplayer game, I guess you could say, slash okay. social app, and mm-hmm. so so Ingress is the concept is you're a part of a team or a squad and within your city there's bases and you can claim various bases like say in calgary it'd be the calgary tower so if you're Mm -hmm. a part of team blue i don't know if that's the actual team there's blue and red but i don't know the actual names but say you're part of team blue you can go and like add if you spend time there and hold down whatever button you can try to claim that base and if enough people And you do it enough times, you claim that base. And then if a red person comes, they can try to take it over and that kind of thing. And it's all based on GPS, obviously. And um, this Pokemon Go app um, slash game, it works off the same principle. But instead of trying to claim bases, you'll be wandering around the city and all of a sudden you'll get a notification saying, oh, there's a Pokemon nearby. So then you have to go and kind of search around I, I I'd imagine with some sort of GPS assistance, it would say how close you are and, sure. and in what direction you need to go. And then you go and you have to battle this Pokemon and then capture it and you can battle other people. So you, you capture a Pokemon and then you can go and battle other people. So it'll alert you when other people are nearby that you can battle with, uh, you can trade Pokemon with them as well. Um, so it's, mm. I don't know. It's, it sounds fun can't imagine myself it sounds intriguing yeah it sounds intriguing like i think that'd be a fun thing to go out and just play pokemon like i don't know i i grew up with pokemon i grew up collecting pokemon cards and uh playing pokemon on my game boy and and all that kind of stuff so i for for me it's a little nostalgic to to see this come back they have like 600 pokemon now or 1500 or something stupid like that I don't know yeah. why they had to go more than 150, but or 151, but an insane amount. Yeah, yeah. but I, I don't know. I think I think it's a cool concept. They sell this little accessory for it. That's a wa- I guess not a watch, but it's it looks like a watch, but it's a strap in the shape of a pokeball that vibrates instead of having to use your phone to send you notifications. So it just kind of right. is easier to do that. I don't know if anyone would actually go around wearing this thing, but unless you're a kid, I guess. Yeah. Um I should point out we have we have one viewer right now and I think it might be Keegan, another friend of the show and friend of Unwind Media. 
uh he he has played a location-based game like the one you're describing i think it might even be ingress uh he left a comment about an hour ago uh saying that he uh he wanted to know if we were going to talk about mars okay and so if if the viewer is keegan we did talk about mars but you'll have to go back like half an hour and if you play ingress then i called it because he, he it does seem very interesting i don't know that i like it would take sort of you'd have to dedicate some time to it and be like okay for a few hours i'm gonna go play this game yeah. out in the real world but it's it doesn't seem like something you would easily integrate into your normal life right and i think that's the kind of like you wouldn't be able to play it on the bus you would right like you would with a no. like angry birds or something No, you'd play it on a lunch hour wandering around downtown and yeah if you happen to come across another player, a Pokemon that notifies you, then you do that for that, you know, five minutes and then you'd be done for that day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, it seems interesting and it's, so the, you get a, like a separate device, right? Well, you can, I think that the separate device is optional. It's not required okay. for it. Um, mm-hmm. the, the main thing is the app and it sounds like there's, uh, I think it's a freemium game. So okay. you can, uh, there's in-app purchases that can be made to, you know, like, uh, well, standard Pokemon ones, like either health candies or level up things or any of that kind of stuff like potions or, uh, I don't even know if they have potions. I can't remember now, but sure. <laughs> things, you know, things to heal your Pokemon or level them up. I, you could probably buy in, in game and, right. and that's probably how they make money versus selling it as a separate, like a, a flat cost. Um, yeah. I, I'd hope that you'd be able to get away playing it for free. Just fine. That I know that a lot of people aren't a fan of freemium because the game or app is basically useless unless you spend money on it for some of them. Yeah. So hopefully this isn't that same type of setup, but I'd definitely be interested in trying it just for the novelty of it, I think, for a little bit anyway. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's all we have this week. Is there anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, No, I think that's that pretty much covers it for, for this week. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully um, come next week, we'll be back to our normal Sunday schedule mm-hmm. once things stop being summery and vacation-y. Yeah. All right. So for this week, thanks for listening to this uh, episode of Future Chat. I'd like to thank audible.com one more time for helping to support the podcast. And you can help out the show yourself by visiting audibletrial.com slash unwind right now. Uh, you can start a free 30-day trial of their service from that link, as well as get a free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com slash unwind. We will be back next week on Sunday, hopefully as usual, with more science and tech talk. And you can find past episodes of the show and more at unwindmedia.com slash future chat. See you next time. Ciao. Do you want to do, do you have anything you want to talk about in the after show? I have like two or three minutes. Or are you good? Uh, what else do we have for stories? I don't think we had too much else. Oh, yeah. There was a couple things that I just wanted to like. Soylent is going so well. <laughs> and Damien bought Soylent today. Oh, I was wondering who the second person was. Yeah. Nice. So what, what was Damien's reason for buying it? Just to try it? He wants to try it. He wants to see if he can do it for breakfast. And uh, Becca is going. 
I think it's either very likely or confirmed now she's going up north. And uh, to, I think she's going to a Calloway or near a Calloway, uh to do nursing stuff. Oh, like wow. She's going up for a few weeks or a month or something. Easy. Possibly even a couple months. Wow. And uh, so that might be a kind of interesting way to get nutrition easily because everything's really expensive right. there and having a powder food you can take would be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, another convert. Yeah, I'm at my new. I'm almost at my goal weight, I guess. After only a couple months. Nice. I I think I'm I'm pretty close to jumping on the soil and bandwagon. Like I'm finding that's good. My breakfast is either non-existent or lacking in the mornings. Right. The, the bowl of vector isn't cutting it anymore, and. <laughs> And lunches I'm usually covered with, with like leftovers from dinner and dinner is dinner. So I think breakfast is kind of the main thing that, that I feel could definitely see some improvement. And I just, Mm -hmm. yeah, for me, it's either a bowl of vector, a bagel or something stupid like that. So it's not, not very nutritionally last. I'm usually hungry again by like 10 o'clock. So yeah, it's not, Mm -hmm. not ideal. So even if I had kind of half a serving first thing and half a serving mid morning to make up kind of my breakfast intake, then that'd be. That'd be pretty good, I think. So. Yeah, definitely consider it because it, even if you don't end up using it that way, then it, like, it works really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, like, you buy seven days worth, it's not super expensive. You get a bunch of meals. Yeah, it just it just makes sense. Yeah. Well, Nick Nick started yeah. experimenting with blending it with other fruit and, and yeah. that kind of thing. So he did. I think I'd probably do the same thing. I don't think I'd want to just yeah. shoot it straight, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's good to hear though. It's pretty good straight. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any updates to the Soylent formula pending or do you, I don't know if they Not regularly that I'm aware of. keep you guys posted? Yeah. They don't really announce, no. they don't pre-announce that kind of stuff. Okay. They don't really say what they're working on or anything. They'll just release it every so well, often. Well, they have the new liquid one. That's right. That's their big push right now. 